This episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, Ireland's largest car website. Find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships. I don't think we've met before, but I'm the referee on this field. Leinster could have me five mil a year, I wouldn't go. Rugby Rugby Weekly. Hello and welcome to your Friday Rugby Weekly. Kieran Kennedy here on a big weekend in the United Rugby Championship. It's quarter-final weekend and all four Irish provinces are involved. And to look ahead to it all, I'm joined by the 42's Murray Kinsella, who's made time to squeeze us in before hitting the road for Belfast later today. How's the form, Murray? Good, excited to get up there and see what should be a cracker over an Interpro with a lot on the line. Obviously, as you mentioned, we're into knockout stages and... This is a nice matchup. Ulster are favourites at home, of course, and we know how good they are when they get a bit of momentum and that maw gets firing and their attack clicks, but Connacht with very little pressure on them, really, and having kind of redeemed their season, looking to go out on a on a bang, I suppose, to, to end Andy Friend era, and it'll be some way to do it, to go up to Belfast and, and to win. So I'm excited. How are you feeling? Yeah, good. Always feeling good at this time of the year. Knockout rugby, big games everywhere. Can't beat it. But um, let's start in Belfast. So, Ulster v Connacht at 7.35 tonight, if you're listening to this on Friday. What what are you lo- looking forward to seeing here most, Murray? When I when I look at those two teams, what jumped out to me was maybe Stuart McCloskey and Bundyaki going head-to-head in midfield. Two incredibly important figures for their teams, aren't they? They're the ones who generate so much go forward with their ball carrying but they both have the softer subtler skills with their passing McCluskey increasingly with his kicking in the last few years um, and and he's just you know everything revolves around him for Ulster doesn't it really defensively as well he's a turnover threat and, and Aki brings the same when he's making powerful dominant tackles in midfield so it will be a really interesting whether it's head to head and they run into each other a few times, I mean that will be explosive if they do. But in terms of the the importance of their team, they're they're two key key figures, and I think we've seen time and again how when they have good days, their their teams do. And it was really interesting the last Connacht home game in in the regular season. I was up in Galway, and it obviously has been a weird campaign for Bundyaki, and there was massive uncertainty around what was going on. At times, there was a lot of chat and a well-informed chat that Bundy was maybe even looking elsewhere and there there had been a complete breakdown in the relationship. But they've managed to get on top of that and rebuild those connections. And you saw that in his performance that day when he was just outstanding and he got the player to match. And afterwards, he said he felt like he owed a performance to supporters who'd you know, had those mutterings around him, who'd been unhappy to see Kyle Ford, who'd been playing really well out of the team. But... It was just a reminder of how much he brings when he's at his best. And and again, like you would expect that with the, the knockout nature of this game now to to be the case. And then on McCluskey, I was writing about him yesterday on the 42. And it's fascinating to look back and think that he's a guy who didn't make any Ulster underage teams, didn't make any Ireland underage teams, didn't go into the Ulster Academy or even get a sniff of it, went off to play for Dungannon and having had a, a big growth spurt kind of in his late teens started to impress in the All-Ireland League and then Ulster realised okay there's something here and he makes his debut what is he 21 
and he gets a professional contract for the first time in 2015-2016 season where he ends up playing for Ireland in the Six Nations later that season. So he was a real late developer, but he certainly made up for, for lost time. And I think you can still see that pathway in how he plays. There's a real bite, edge, um, almost a chip in his game. And, and that confrontational nature is is important in, in rugby. He'll be one of a few Ulster players who feel like this is our time now. Let's let's really step up here. We've got to start pushing to, to win a trophy. They'll feel last season they missed a massive opportunity when they would have had a home final. But for that late kick the Stormers got, the late conversion from Libok to that late, late try with the clock deep in the red. And it felt like the guilt edge chance to end the drought. But again, I know Leinster are going to be favourites and it may be a home final for them, but Ulster have the, the carrot of a home semi-final to come after this if they can win tonight. So... There's no shortage of motivation on on both sides and even stylistically with that Ulster mauling strength and their efforts to kind of get the attack firing to the capability that it has with all that talent in the back line will be interesting versus Connacht's long kicking game and ability then to, to strike when you give them kind of transition opportunities. So it's going to be a really fascinating matchup and a, a cracking game. Can't wait on Monday's pod to really get stuck into all the tactical and and individual elements of it. The 42 Rugby Weekly is sponsored by Dundeal Motors. Whether it's luxury cars, seven-seaters for a growing family, or making the switch to electric, find everything you need at dundeal.ie. So tomorrow then, Leinster hosts the Sharks at Aviva Stadium, and Leo Cullen's gone for nine changes. Hugo Keenan, Jordan Larmer, Charlie Natai, Dan Sheehan, Tyke Furlon and Caelan Doris are the six who keep their place from last weekend's Champions Cup win against Toulouse. Look, we knew Leinster were going to rotate players for this one, but how much risk is involved in making wholesale changes for what is still a must-win knockout game? When you look at the team, it doesn't really look like they've done that much rotation because there's still so much unbelievable quality in it. And there's a still a spine of a, a team there that could start a huge game in, in terms of like a Hugo Keenan, a Sheehan, a Furlong. And everyone else who's come into the team is good enough to probably start for many other teams in Champions Cup games. And that's the nature of this Leinster squad. And there's some familiar combinations in there even. And Doris is another one I should have mentioned who maintains that kind of momentum from the frontline team. Nat, I haven't had a really good game last weekend. Um, but loads of players who've been hungry and determined to get a chance and now they do in knockout rugby and, and that's again a sign of Leinster's good management so even though they've made all those changes they're still overwhelming favourites for this and I mean you look at the bookies and it's a 20 point margin in some places the URC's match predictor has them as 23 point favourites and though the Sharks are bringing some of their own quality they're missing two really grizzled elements in, in Sia Khaleesi and, and even Etzebeth so I can understand that that favouritism on the, the Leinster side. I think it looks like a really exciting and balanced team with a really impactful bench there to come off as well. Yeah, whenever Leinster do make so many changes like this, you always kind of look at the different combinations that kind of pop up for maybe the first time in a while. And, and in midfield tomorrow, you've got Kieran Frawley and Charlie Natai starting together for the first time this season. And I wanted to ask you about Frawley at 13 because I was looking back to his stats there and as far as I can tell, this is actually his first start there for Leinster. We know he's versatile, but still, this is an interesting challenge for him because he's going to be sharing the pitch with one of the best 13s in the world in Lucano Am. So it's a real test of show us what you can do. He'll need a lot of good chat around him. 
and he should get that from the likes of Keenan and Larmer and Carney out in the edges because I'm sure there'll be one or two probably and that that's all it might be tests where Am maybe gets a little bit of space or a nice pass to allow him to, to fade outside Frawley but given how well he's adapted to many other roles that he's been asked to do you would have some confidence in him and he's such a versatile player because his skills are so rounded he can do most things pretty well and this will be another if it goes well another really big string to his his bow like I still have a sneaking suspicion that despite not having played for Ireland recently that he's very much in that frame for a World Cup spot because even with the increase from 31 to 33 in the squad sizes for the World Cup you still need versatility and he has in a bucket loads even before he moved to 13 for this game so that's very much a subplot for this game yeah it's a a big challenge with with Am there at 13 with Mapimpi and some of the other threats they have in the Sharks back three pace and power and ability to roam off their wings and and pop up in positions where you've got to make a late decision he'll definitely be tested but there's loads of positive upsides to it he's a really good distributor he's very athletic obviously because he can play at full back and he's comfortable with bigger spaces to run into he's not just direct as as he has to be when he plays at 12 sometimes he's got a lovely kicking game as well and sometimes when you've got a little bit extra time on the ball at 13 that comes into play even more you've a bit more time to read those backfield decisions as well as feed that info to to Harry Byrne who will benefit from Natai and, and Frawley just being in his ear all day um, so I'm excited to see how that goes and sure I'm, I'm, I'm only guessing that the Sharks will and Noel McNamara their attack coach will, will have a look at that and maybe have a one or two line out plays trying to just test his ability to keep his feet when there's multiple options in front of him but um, yeah he's part of a, a pretty good looking Leinster team yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how he goes tomorrow. So the late game Saturday is is maybe the pick of the bunch as Munster head over to Glasgow. The teams came out for this one a short while ago and it's good news for Munster fans. So Orgy Snyman back after coming through his return to play protocols and Ty Byrne also back in the team for his first start since that ankle injury in the Six Nations. So with those two guys coming back in, you look at that Munster back five and you've got John Klein, Orgy Snyman, Ty Byrne, Peter O'Mahony, Gavin Coombs. I mean... That's pretty tasty, Murray. It's such an exciting back five to the to the scrum. It's got a crazy amount of different skills to it, and it's brilliant that Klein stays in the mix with Snyman and Byrne both back because Klein has been probably along with Calvin Nash the player of the season for for Munster so far. Just outstanding on a consistent, ultra consistent basis. He's been so durable as well, and you need those grunt work, nuts and bolts players who allow the likes of Snyman and Byrne to flourish a little bit more and in fairness to Klein he's consistently improved his passing and all the other bits that are a bit more flashy I guess to to the game so there's there's that there's Snyman's offloading back in the team we saw that coming to the fore in the Stormers game where he threw some just wonderful offloads and you, you kind of forgot just how much vision he has and how he sees things that others don't and puts people into really good spots Byrne is just such a game-changing player and thinking about him earlier on around the Lions tour the last Lions tour and how it went and how he ended up not really being thoroughly involved I think it was a mistake because he can just affect the momentum of a game with one moment and and he does loads of other stuff aside from that but he's um, a huge player to bring back for, for this game even when Munster have had good performances I think they've they've hugely missed him but when they've had bad performances like the Glasgow one they missed him and Omani that day in, in fairness 
just for that ability to stop the the flow that Glasgow can get into and have been in for months and months now. And that's the really big factor, I think, in this game. Munster can be confident that their attack will fire shots. We know it's improved and progressed and we know it's less predictable. We know that they've got good kicking skills if they need those. But it's their ability to just damage and destroy the Glasgow attack that's that's going to be really key because we know that once Glasgow get on a roll, they're they're irresistible really um, and they'll have loads of stuff to to challenge the structure of, of Munster's defence but sometimes it is about moments of disruption of burn over the ball of Omani over the ball of them stopping in that line out stopping in that source so I think that's the kind of key aspect of this game is how they make big plays in, in defence and, and that's not just about structure and, and systems as I say so I think that yeah the back of that scrum is is really exciting looking for Munster fans and the rest of the team has now really kind of settled feel to it, which is which is good when you're coming into a huge game like this there's a great familiarity built up in that back line you've Conor Murray playing some really brilliant rugby again at 9 they've stuck with Crowley and his his progress at 10 it hasn't been error free but that's what comes with stepping up to the level at 10 and, and they would have expected and understood that that was, that was part of it so yeah I, I think there's there's a huge amount to like there. They've gone with the 6-2 as well to have that ballast and that punch up front off the bench will give us an indication as to how they want to kind of play this game as well. But it is, I think, the most interesting matchup, isn't it, Kieran? Like, what's your sense of, of how this one's going to go? I agree with everything you say there. And I think the fact that there is that bit of familiarity and settled look to this Munster team now is is just leaves them in, a, in just a very positive place because of the amount of times this season where... You know, there were moments where it didn't look like Munster were maybe on the right path or where things weren't fully clicking for them. But now there is a bit of a settled look. They're coming in off a very encouraging trip to South Africa and things are just maybe falling into place at, at the right time. Now, the problem with that is we've felt that before and they haven't they haven't built on that. But it, they're certainly in a fascinating place going into this. But I was looking back through some of the old or more recent, sorry, Munster-Glasgow games leading up to this and... I think the thing that makes you look forward to this game is the fact that there's just a nice bit of edge to this rivalry now. Apart from the derby games and some of the big top-of-the-table clashes, this has just become one of the most enjoyable rivalries over the years, I think, in the URC. Mm. And it's, I think it's really finely balanced. So it's interesting the disparity in views there. Like The bookies certainly feel it's going to go either way by a, a single-point margin. Again, the URC predictor has... Glasgow by three but then you speak to other people and think oh, Glasgow's attack is just going to overrun Munster and they're going to be found out at this level so there's definitely an an overall uncertainty as to how it's going to play out but I'd be in the camp that it is it's tied it's marginal and Munster have some brilliant players in their team like and I know they haven't been serial trophy, trophy winners by any means at all but Glasgow don't really have a bank of you know proven top level um big game performances to to kind of fall back on and take belief from coming into this. So I'm sure Munster will be backing their kind of mental skills in this. And as you say, the the niggle and the spice is going to be off the charts. I would only guess. And you'd love to get a ref mic on every single player to hear some of the, the sledging that's going to be going on. So it's going to be spicy and it's going to be a brilliant, brilliant contest. Yeah, really, really interesting games to look forward to there in the URC. But just to turn our attention away from those quarterfinals for a moment... It has been a very concerning week for the players and staff over at London Irish with 
wages not being paid on time and their game against Exeter in doubt as a result but Murray crisis averted for now at least yeah it is the owner Mick Crossan has kindly stepped in and paid his players their wages for the month because there's been uncertainty over the sale of the club to this American consortium that we've only heard glimpses and, and fleeting bits of information about and it seemed to be a case of neither party wanted to kind of pay this month but thankfully for the players it's been done I can only imagine how traumatic again a weird week it's been for them not knowing exactly what was happening and there was doubts over the insurance even for their game going ahead this weekend it's a it's a good outcome but again worrying stuff isn't it we keep every few weeks every few months coming back to the issue of finances in rugby and ideally this this sale of the club will go ahead because there's been lots of rumours about London Irish for for quite a while now and we obviously just with the name we we have a a certain grow or interest in this club even though the connections aren't, aren't as strong as some people would, would really like and it feels like that's a missed opportunity reading between the lines of some of the stuff Sean O'Brien said from his experience over there he doesn't feel like they fully exploited the Irish element of their name and, and attracting in that diaspora and the sheer number of you know Irish people who have, are English people who have heritage in Ireland are, are indeed direct um emigrants from Ireland so there's potential in London Irish I got another email from Martin Lonergan one of our one of our listeners and he suggested why don't the RFU step in now and, and buy London Irish and I'm sure lots of other people are, are thinking that the primary reason is because it's a massive financial outlay with no no um, guarantee at all of any indeed any stability there you look at the premiership and it's kind of starting to crumble and fray at, really fray at the seams and we've seen two clubs go already and now this is happening again with London Irish and you know why would there if you sink some of their 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 well, it wouldn't be some of it would be a massive outlay for them you know the budget of a full professional club firstly to buy it then to run it every year and you know I know the salary cap in England is coming down but it's such a, a huge um spend so and, and and for what they're not going to make money in the premiership yeah you might produce more players and better players and I think on a rugby scale rugby sense alone it's, it'll be really exciting to see what would happen but at the same time you know it's not like all four Irish provinces are blowing everyone out of the water and they're at a really high level themselves so I think focusing on what's here and trying to improve all the provinces and get them all up to Leinster's level or closer is probably the the strategy for for now but I think everyone's kind of united in the hope that everything just gets kind of steady in London Irish and that sale goes through and I think it would be good to see you know connections built and and whether that's formal with the RFU or 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 just informal with more players going there and people getting that connection to the club. Um, I think that would be good to see. Absolutely and just even with the like we know the interest is there in Premiership rugby from from people over here with the amount of like just Irish fans who just watch the league casually and generally so if there was a club that you could kind of tie tie your master a little bit a little bit more strongly I'm sure it would it would only um it would only be beneficial but look just before we finish up if you're looking for something to do on Sunday you could do much worse than getting yourself down to Aviva Stadium for what could be a cracking AIL final defending champions Clontarf up against Terenure for the second year running Murray, it's just big games everywhere this weekend. Sure is. A nice repeat of last year and 
I suppose the settling of a score vibe to it is is very strong. We've been talking about team news here with the professional games, but like you look through the team sheets for this and there's so much quality and it's such a good advert for what is there in the IL. So many guys, too many to name that have been in the pro game. Some of them probably could still, I think, play for, for pro teams, maybe outside Ireland because the, the, the standard here is, is of such a high calibre. A couple of guys in academies, a couple of Ireland under-20s guys who won a Grand Slam very recently. Some club stalwarts who, if you went along without much knowledge, you'd be blown away by by the quality of their play. Some really good coaches behind the scenes of both these clubs. The the long-serving Andy Wood, obviously, and, Sh- and Sean Skeen is, you know, a really up-and-coming coach with some great ideas around the game. So this is a, a really exciting fixture. And, you know, I think... Ternier will have learned lots of lessons from the occasion last year and how they managed it but both of them have been very consistent throughout the, the course of this season I know Cork Con had a good push and what did they finish two points behind Ternier in the in the table after after the 18 games but it's the best two again and no surprise that they've both got back to this point so can't wait to to see who emerges from this and, and which players kind of which of the younger players in particular kind of put their hand up and and I think it's a really good platform for that as well and it's just such a nice blend of players uh, this is what rugby's really all about for some people who are attached about these clubs this is by a country mile the, the biggest day of the year forget about your Grand Slams and your Champions Cups this is I suppose the magic of rugby um, and it's on the big stage now yeah definitely one worth getting down for if you can but look we're gonna we're gonna leave it there for now Murray enjoy your trip to Belfast this evening Cheers. Chat to everyone on the Monday pod. Loads to get stuck into, so looking forward to it. Yeah, Murray will be back on Monday with Gav and Birch as usual. And as he says, they'll have plenty to dig into. But that's us for now. Mind yourselves and enjoy your weekend and we'll catch you soon. This episode of the 42 Rugby Weekly is brought to you by Dundeal Motors, Ireland's largest car website. Find your next premium car from one of our trusted dealerships. Driver's got names for filthy double barrels. He spits out, breaths out, only smokes carols. And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit. Mind, body and spirit. You better hear it and fear it. Oh, that's the spirit. Saying sister, sister, how I miss you, miss you. Let's go, Mr. Mr. Take your skin off, I'm a whisper.